Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. For Panther fans who want to keep pounding. For the war, 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 the Here's your host, Lonzo Wrightsell and Rob Brown. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Views from Mint Street, the only Carolina Panthers podcast that you not need but want. Y'all, welcome in. Glad to have you. I am Rob Brown, based out of Greenville, South Carolina. Joined across from me is my executive producer and co-host Lonzo Reitzel. It has been a very interesting week since we last spoke to you after the final preseason game where the Panthers blanked the Buffalo backups. I mean, Bills, 21 to nothing. We get a, did a breakdown of that game a handful of days ago. Of course, midweek pod from now through the end of the season, then on as long as this podcast continues for will be one where we break down the comings and goings, the news, the quotes, etc., etc. And there has been, ladies and gentlemen, no shortage of that for the silver and blue since the last time we spoke to you. And let's go ahead. Let's jump right in to what we've got going on. First and foremost, the Carolina Panthers' final 53 has been named. We know that now because there's a new kicker on the roster after the injury to Zane Gonzalez that we broke down on the last episode. The Panthers got to 53, but they did not have a kicker on that 53. They worked out four different kickers. We now know who will be wearing the most important boot on the team, and we're going to get to that here in just a few minutes. Guy that I mentioned specifically by name, Deontay Brown, has been released by the Panthers. We now know who are on the waiver wire, who's gone to the IR, and who will be suited up barring injury between now and week number one. And we'll start with this, Lonzo. What moves, if any, over the past three days since the last pod that we recorded until now, just after deadline for the Final 53, what moves, if any, surprised you? Did any uh, get you excited? Were there any that you're sticking a question mark next to? Were there any roster moves for positive or negative, better or worse, that stuck out to you when the Panthers moved to that Final 53? All right, so uh, the cutting of, of Kirkland? And of Zilstra, especially Zilstra, because that guy has uh, was a good part of the of the team, and the fact that they're bringing in other receivers and some guys are starting to fill the role maybe better or just as well as what Zilstra did, 
And when I was looking at the list, that is the name that just popped out. It's like, wait a minute, hold on. I thought he was going to make the team. You know, it's it's kind of interesting because Brendan Zostra feels like a dude that contributed more than he actually did, right? Like he felt like a dude when the Panthers wide receiver room was a little bit thin. It felt like Brendan Zilstra was contributing more than he did. If I ask you, let's play the Views from Mint Street Home Edition. Grab your pen and paper, ladies and gentlemen. It's pop quiz time. I'm looking at Brendan Zilstra's numbers from the last three seasons with Carolina. If I asked you the highest number of yards received, yards caught, and the highest number of touchdowns generated through the air for Brandon Zilstra, write down your numbers. What is the highest number of yards in a season for Zilstra? Write down the highest number of touchdowns scored for Brandon Zilstra. I'll give you 10 seconds, 97654321. All right. Pencils down, kids. All right. Do I get to guess? On yeah, this absolutely. Take I, a shot. I definitely want highest, to guess. Let's start with highest number of yards produced in a single season for the Panthers by Brandon Zilstra. I'm going to go with 500 yards. 250. Total yards, 250. That was last season. 250 yards. Highest number of touchdowns scored in a season by Brandon Zilstra. Four. One. He scored one touchdown last year, and that through three seasons was his only touchdown scored for the Panthers. Wow. His highest total Surprising. was 250. Three years with the team. Three years with the team. Zilstra was targeted 43 times. He caught 30 footballs. He did an average of four, or excuse me, a total of 414 yards receiving. He averaged 13.8 yards per catch, but he scored one touchdown. And the reason that number was so high was he had a 40-yard touchdown pass back in 2019. He had a 28-yard touchdown pass in 2020 and a 55-yarder last year. At the end of the day, Zilstra was nice to have in the locker room because you got a bit of a leader. But he was effectively an option, a decoy, a warm body when the wide receiver count was low. And, and, and for the record, I, I, the reason I didn't want to ask you to give me your answers, though, is because I knew you, just like I did, was going to guess way too high. And, yeah. and you guessed by double. It's, a, it's an interesting thought because when I saw it come across – and I saw Zilstra got released. My immediate thought was, oh, that's actually a kind of a bigger blow than I expected. And then I looked at the stats. Then I went and looked at the numbers. Because I'm like, you know, the more I think about it, the more I remember seeing him out there, the more I remember him having a catch here and there. But what do the stats say? And the stats say, Shy Smith takes that spot easily. You know, we've been singing the praises of Shy Smith, so it's, it's not surprising that he's the, he's the guy. But yeah, Zilstra, I mean, it just seems like in the right places at the right time, you heard his name called, and it made you think that uh, that he did more than what he did. I I am I'm really surprised by that, and uh, so I guess not as bad of a move as I thought it was. So the other thing going on is it continues to get interesting at the wide receiver spot is another couple of names. 
We're not going to hammer on Shai Smith again. We did that two episodes ago. He came out. He had a big preseason game. Matt Rule has been very complimentary of Shai Smith. The Charlotte media has been very complimentary, and accurately so, of Shai Smith. And I think that's part of the reason Zilstra is gone. But that wasn't the only move that got made. Carolina earlier in the week made kind of a surprise trade with Jacksonville. They brought in 23-year-old wide receiver LaVisca Chenault Jr. Chenault Jr. joins a crowded wide receiver room where Shai Smith is. Obviously, DJ and Robbie are there. Terrence Marshall Jr. When this move got made, the initial question that I had is, is this the end for Terrence Marshall Jr., right? Because last time we talked, The last words we heard about Terrence Marshall Jr. from Matt Rule were, we need him out there. He needs to figure it out. He needs to start putting it together. We need that guy on the grass for us. We need him working. Since then, however, Terrence Marshall Jr. has been practicing a little bit. And Matt Rule has been very complimentary of Terrence Marshall Jr. Matt Rule has been talking about the fact that he is out there working. He is out there trying to put it together. And Matt Rule has praised Terrence Marshall Jr. a little bit. So I think with Zilstra gone, which in retrospect is the move that makes the most sense. Now you've got DJ and Robbie up front. You got Shy in there. You add Chanel Jr. into that mix as well. You've got a wide receiver core that I, I think, though, doesn't jump off the paper at you. It's not going to be a wide receiver core that is going to get a lot of praise by national talking heads. It's not going to be one that you're going to see their names pop up as fantasy wide receiver must grabs. But I think it is now a wide receiver room with Chanel adding kind of a almost a Debo Samuel style element to it. I think it is now going to be a locker room that has the potential to sneak up on some people statistically by the end of the year. Oh, absolutely. You know what you don't have? You don't have that one guy. I mean, you could maybe say it's Robbie Anderson and could be DJ Moore or should be. You don't have that one guy that's that vocal guy. Does You know, I'm the best on the team. I'm all this. It just sounds more like a team. And in other instances, you may look at that and go, that means you really don't have anybody. But if you look at what, uh, what Baker was able to do in the preseason, how he's able to spread the ball around, we still haven't seen all those guys on the field at the same time. So let's see how, how that looks when it does happen. But the potential is there to be really, really good as far as receivers go. And, and like Marshall, I was watching uh, Matt Rule's press conference the other day, and he said they, got, they, they believe they got the hamstring problem worked out. What's that mean? I mean, I mean, do you have scientists on there? I like the versatility of this lineup at wide receiver now, right? We know what DJ Moore, we know what Robbie Anderson are. We don't need to break that down, but I like the three and four spot because you have added Shy Smith. You have added a guy with some speed, some route running ability, a guy who has never, I mean, he was, he was the one at South Carolina, certainly, but he played a one the way you would expect a, a wide receiver to or a, a Y or Z wide receiver to run routes. So I think he's got the ability to play that slot receiver. But now when you add the next into the room in Chanel Jr., you were talking about a guy that has some size. You're talking about a guy that's got some physical play to him, right? He's a, he's a guy that's a red zone target. You've got a guy who who adds some versatility and some edge blocking. 
And then you got Terrence Marshall Jr. there as well, who who is kind of a duplicate of that, a big wide a big wide receiver in the red zone. I think there is a versatility to this wide receiver room. I think there is a, a wide range of talent that allows Baker Mayfield to kind of pick the right weapon at the right time, right? Like, what's the spot we're in? Are we in a third and short? Are we going to run routes that just get to the sticks? Robbie and DJ got that for you. Are we in the red zone? Are we going to run a corner route where I need a guy who can go up and body the ball? Chenault Marshall are that guy. Are we in a spot? where they are playing uh, press coverage and they're up bodying more and Anderson at the line. And we now need to pick on the fourth best uh, defensive back. They have shy Smith's right there for you. I think it gives Baker Mayfield kind of a platter of options that he can go out there and pick and choose the right guy for the right moment to the point that if he does it the right way, and he handles business the right way. Baker Mayfield has so many options available to him. There's really not a situation he doesn't have the right tool for the job, which is something I don't think he had in Cleveland, which is something I think that really opens up the playbook for Ben McAdoo. When they brought in Chenault Jr., I had questions about the trade. I was like, why is this the move? But now with cutting Zilstra from the lineup, I look at the guys that they've got one through five at the wide receiver spot, and I like the versatility. I think that's the word that comes to mind. I like the versatility, and I think it takes you good places. I, I like the lineup. Yeah, I do too. I, I think there's every opportunity for Baker to spread the ball around all over the place, and you're not going to have the uh, defense on the other side going, okay, we need a key on this guy, we need a key on this guy. I think I think all these guys are going to get open. This is going to be an awesome Time to be a wide receiver for the Carolina Panthers. And you still got CMC who catches the ball like yeah. no other back. So yeah. 100%. You can run a five-wide spread. You can run four. You can run three in a running back. Uh, you know, you talked about it last week. I, I would I would like to see the pass-catching talents of Chuba Hubbard continue to continue to grow because I know there were a lot of people disappointed after that last game. I but- know, know Stickham's not legal. But, you know, <laughs> you, you might want to find uh, the substitute for that. Yeah, it's it's. I like it. I like the versatility. I like the way it lets Baker spread the ball to different tools in different situations. Like I said, you are not going to go to any NFL preview websites, and you're not going to find the Panthers wide receiver core listed as tops of the league. I promise you, you're just not. What I will tell you is that I think there is a sneaky good chance that they might be there by the end of the season. All right, let me get to this. I actually was going to do this last, but I want to do it here because I'm all up on board. All right. There was a story that started making the rounds earlier this week. There was a sideline reporter by the name of Cynthia Freeland. She covers the Buffalo Bills, works the sideline at Bills games, but she also works for the NFL Network. Well, she recently came across Baker Mayfield when the Bills and the Panthers got together in the final preseason game a few days ago. And Cynthia says that she had a very interesting interaction with Baker Mayfield. She said when she was standing on the Around the NFL podcast, she was talking with a couple of the hosts, and she told the story 
She said, quote, I walked up to him and I said, I'm so excited to see you. Like, go kick some butt. I didn't say that word, go kick some butt, especially week one. I like cannot wait. And he uses some expletives. And I was like, I just hope you're like ready. And he was like, quote, I'm going to bleep them up. Now, she was pressed by the host of the podcast to say, did he say the the big bomb? Did he drop the F-bomb? And she said, you know, I don't like to use curse words on air. I don't want to get in trouble. And the host is like, yeah, yeah, no, that's fine. I'm not asking you to. But did he say, I'm going to bleep them up and use the F-word? And she said, yes. So at some point after that game, And speaking to a sideline reporter who wished him good luck in week one against the Browns, Baker said, according to Freeland, I'm going to blank them up. I got to tell you, I've seen a lot of people who have gotten upset about this. I've seen a handful of Panthers fans who are like, oh, that doesn't represent me. You know what I see? I see a quarterback who is in fuego. I see a quarterback who's got a chip on the shoulder, who's got a grudge, who's excited, who wants to get out there, who wants to take a little vengeance out on the Browns. I am going to tell you straight up, I am jacked up by this. I am excited by this. I am glad to see Baker has that intensity, that fire. I want Baker who wants to go out there and embarrass the Browns. I want Baker who wants to go out there and give them the old double bird. You know what, Baker, I want? I want the Baker from his senior year when, who was it, Kansas, I think, had players who wouldn't shake his hand before the pregame, before the snap, and then later the camera caught him on the sideline grabbing his junk and waggling it in their direction after he had gone out there and put three or four TDs up on him. I want that Baker. I want the Baker who's going to look Miles Garrett in the face in week one and go, I am out here to bleep you up. I want that Baker. And if Cynthia Freeland is telling us the truth, we got that Baker and I'm down for it. All right. So I'm down for that too, but we can't gloss over the fact that a reporter had a, uh, you know, off the record interaction with the player and then took it on the record and now that reporter is going on the air and saying it's no big deal why are you guys making a big deal about this because it is a big deal because Cleveland said they wanted an adult in the room and the one thing that Baker has done since he's been in Carolina has been nothing but professional there have been no cracks in it he's been straight up a pro the entire way And those who want to see Baker possibly fail are looking for something like this. And now there it is. There it is. See? See? We told you. I mean, they don't want to point out that this is competitive fire, that he he has reason to – to have aught against the Cleveland Browns. He has reason for that. And if anybody listening has ever been in that situation, including the two people in this room, we've been in that situation where we've been slighted by someone or an entity and we want a little revenge. And it doesn't have to be, you know, you know, you want to get on the field and show them, hey, here's what you got rid of. Let me show you what I can do and go out there and kick the Browns butt, which is what he's going to do. Um, but don't downplay it and act like it was no big deal when you release something that now is everywhere. 
yeah, this is I what they it. were looking for. They were looking for this. And in, in some cases, like us, we were also looking forward to something yeah. like this. Because as he said, I am not a robot. Well, there's proof. He's not a robot. Listen, I I uh I don't have any any ill will towards Cynthia Freeland for for releasing this because as far as I'm concerned, listen, I, I tell you in my in my career, I've been doing this for what, 16 years now? In my career, I have been, I've had candid conversations with with athletes. Certainly, nece- not necessarily at the level she did with Baker, but I've had conversations with with college athletes, with some pro athletes, certainly with the high school athletes I've I've covered, where they have told me something, and, and they're they're not talking to you as subject and journalists. They're talking to you as dude to dude, man to man, bro to bro. You know what I mean? And, and I'm using bro as an all inclusive term. Uh, they're, they're talking to you, bro to bro. And it's just them being them. They're not They're not in interview mood. Well, sometimes you get something out of that that you as a, as a journalist in this case recognize. You know, that wasn't really told to me in the capacity of me being a journalist, but more as Baker sees a friend, a colleague, a, 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 a whatever he considers her. And you get something that you go, this is, damn, this is good. This is a great line. This is a great moment. It's this, it's that. And you get to make a decision about, okay, they told me this not in the capacity of me acting as a journalist. They told me this in the capacity of a colleague or a friend or whatever. But I think this really shines a light on that person. And I think in telling that story, she was just trying to get across that, hey, Baker, He's got that fire, right? Like, he's still got that fire, that intensity, that passion. And that's what Panther fans are looking for. But, as I said on our show earlier this week, what game is going to be the most watched football game of week one? Carolina-Cleveland. Everyone in America that's not a Browns fan or maybe a Texas Longhorns fan is pulling for Baker. They want to see Baker beat the bad guy, the heel, the, the 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 villain of the story, which is the Browns. So I think that Cynthia was kind of putting it out there to, to the NFL universe, if you will, that, hey, this guy's got it. He's got that intensity, that fire. But let's go back to what we talked about in the last pod. The media talking heads, not not the media, right? Because there's reporters like Cynthia who are just reporters. They don't have a spin unless they're maybe a, like working for a team, right? But reporters who just go to games and go to pressers, they're not trying to give you an agenda. The talking heads of the world are. And the talking heads of the world, for whatever reason, when you say NFL quarterback, what do they want? Buttoned up, suit and tie. You know, we're just out here and, and I'm just going to treat this game like every other game and I'm just going to attack it like I wouldn't no, no, no. They want buttoned up. And this isn't buttoned up. This isn't suit and tie. This is a, this is a guy who, who is making waves, who's getting attention. As a, as, a, as a media talking head, they are most certainly in a spot where Baker's not giving them the button-down suit and tie character they want. He's being inflammatory. He's being out there. He's being braggadocious. As a Carolina Panthers fan, as a Carolina Panthers fan, who wants to see not just Baker get a little revenge on the Browns, but wants to see Carolina win week one. This is the Baker I wanted to show up. We talked about this on our show, Lonzo, during preseason when Baker showed up and he was buttoned down in suit and tie and giving all the right answers and speaking like a media darling. And I respected that. I appreciated why. 
But as a Panthers fan, I want that Baker who wants to get out there week one, who wants to look across the line at Miles Garrett and says, I am about to kick your uh, and then I want him to do it. That's the Baker I want. And according to Cynthia Freeland, that's the Baker I got. And I am jazzed. You know, so am I, as long as he can back it up. That's that's really what it comes down to. If you start talking to stuff, you start talking, you got to walk it. And uh, when he was healthy, that's what he did. He took the Cleveland Browns to the playoffs. No one had done that in like their 20,000 quarterbacks that they had in the last 10 years before he got there. He was able to do that. And if he could do that there, he can do that here. You want that guy fired up. You want that guy going out for vengeance against the team who got rid of him, who said, you aren't good enough. We're going to find somebody else. We're going to bring someone in controversial who we know is not even going to get to play probably for half the season. That's how much we don't like you. Put yourself in that situation. Of course you're going to want to go out and uh, not only do it, but show it when you do it to the point where they remember uh, this is what we're missing. Here's how I put it on, on our show here in Greenville earlier this week. I am down with a quarterback who talks smack. I'm down with a quarterback who runs junk. I'm down with a quarterback who is cocky until they stack up else, right? But here's the thing, because I, I, I've seen a handful of Panthers fans that are like, eh, I don't really want Baker running his mouth until he proves it, right? Prove it, prove it. As far as I'm concerned, Baker's already proven it. He got drafted by a Browns team that was 1-15. and 15. Anybody want to argue that the Browns, up until the Haslam's decided to stick their own craniums up their own rectums, that the Browns were getting better. They were, right? Up through last year, the Browns were getting better. The Browns had a playoff run. All of that started when Baker Mayfield got there. That is not a coincidence, right? Baker's already proven it to me. What's Baker's uh, Baker Mayfield's record as a Carolina Panther right now? It's 0-0. Yeah, he doesn't have any wins. You know what else he doesn't have? He doesn't have any losses. No losses. He doesn't have any losses. So if this is the mindset that Baker Mayfield needs to be in to go out there and perform. I hope he says every week, I'm going to F them up. I'm going to bleep them up. I'm coming for it. I hope he says it every week. And as long as it's met by dubs, bro, run it, talk it. I don't care what anybody else, any other fan base thinks about Carolina. I don't. I care about winning and nothing else. You think Jimmy Johnson's Miami Hurricanes, Michael Irvin's Dallas Cowboys gave a damn about what anybody else thought about him? No. But they beat you every single week, so it didn't matter. That I am fine with that attitude unless Baker takes L's. And while I hear the Panthers fans, though, that are going, I want him to win first, I get it. I, of course, also want him to win. I want the Panthers to win. But the attitude Baker has is the attitude I can't have out of a losing quarterback. How many losses does Baker Mayfield have right now? That would be zero. Here's, here's the thing, though. I think some people are worried that he's riling up Miles Garrett, that you should not do that. That uh, To me, it's almost like they're saying you should be afraid of Miles Garrett. Yeah, you should be aware of him. You don't need to be afraid of him. He's been on the team with him. One thing about Baker is, yeah, they know him, but he also knows them. He knows their tendencies. He knows what they do. He practiced with them forever. Is this going to be more motivation for Miles Garrett? He says it is, but it's also going to be a test of that new offensive line. Can they keep him off of Baker Mayfield? And will Baker Mayfield be able to get away from him? I think he will. 
I will uh I, I will I will come at this from this angle. Y'all, Miles Garrett does not need more motivation to be one of the best players in the National Football League. He already is. He was last year, he will be this year, right? The only question I have is can Icky and Brady and Co. keep him away from Baker? It's not about Baker. It's about the left side of the line. It's about the, the the new guard, the new tackle, the rook, and the guy who just moved from tackle to OL. The guys we've been talking about across the OL. Now, we don't know which center is going to be starting in week one, right? Because Bradley Bozeman is still banged up and recovering from the ankle injury. He has been in a walking boot, but that boot is off now, and he's been walking around for about four or five days now. So hopefully Bozeman's ready to go because he's the better of the two options, not shiny like a diamond, but the better of the two options. This is all about the offensive line. Baker can't do anything about Miles Garrett, right? Baker is not going to interact with him unless he gets hit. That's on the offensive line to protect Baker. Here's what I'm going to say. I don't care if Baker fired up Miles Garrett or the defensive line or the front seven or the Browns defense or the Browns as an organization or the entire damn city of Cleveland. I don't care. Did Baker fire up Baker? And did Baker fire up the wide receivers and the running backs in the offensive line? If the answer to that half of that question is yes, heck yeah, man. Go say it every single week. Because until that zero on the second half of the win-loss record starts climbing to one or two or three or four or five or seven, until that number climbs up, give me fired up Baker. Give me angry Baker. Give me bleep talker. I'm going to bleep them up Baker. If that's what it takes for him to go out there and perform, and I think he will. I think he will. I think if there's one guy this week that you can trust to perform, it is Baker Mayfield. Tor, stretch, sprain, I don't 100% know. It's, a, a, it's a groin injury, was it's it? It's a groin injury. It's, you know, and you're a kicker. It doesn't matter what the groin injury is. It's a groin injury, and that sucks. So he does go on IR. He is done for the year. The final 53 was set without a kicker on the roster. Zilstra gets dropped. And now we know that the Panthers have found their new kicker. It is veteran place kicker Eddie Pinero. That is according to sources earlier today. Pinero spent last season with the New York Jets. He made eight field goal efforts, nine PATs through five games. Pinero also spent some time with the Chicago Bears. Now, the only reason that Panero is not the kicker for the Jets is because Greg Zerline, the all-pro kicker, got dropped by the Cowboys, picked up by the Jets. They had a kicker battle, and Zerline got edged out by, or Panero got edged out by Greg Zerline. If you're going to get edged out in a kicking competition, Greg Zerline's not a bad guy to get edged out by. So, He barely lost the kicking competition in preseason, which, by the way, how much do we really see the kickers in preseason? Not that much. And he was out there and available. It's about the best the Panthers could ask for, right, to to bring in Eddie Panero. Here's what I will tell you. Do you know what Eddie Panero's nickname has been around the league for the past few seasons? Uh, Has it been bread? It's been Eddie De Niro Ah, because he's funny. I got to tell you, Lonzo dropped the – Panera get that bread line on me during our show today. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a good one. That's a really good one. But calling him Eddie DeNero because he's money. I don't have a favorite nickname, Lonzo. I have two. Yeah. I, wow. I, I know, I mean, right? I, what, what a nickname. That's a, that's a great nickname. First time I heard it, I'm like, 
dope. I like it. Yeah. I like uh, it. I mean, if you were going to, uh, if you're going to lose a kicker who you really had a lot of confidence in and was looking forward to this season uh, in Zane Gonzalez, you followed up with a little bit of dinero. Ain't nothing like a little bit of money, baby. I like it. Mas Dinero, baby. So Eddie, Eddie, I'm just call him Eddie Dinero. Uh, Eddie Panero, aka Mas Dinero, is going to be opening the season, pending any more groin injuries. Uh, opening the season, can we get can we get someone out there to uh, to investigate that net? Just to make make sure nothing nefarious is going on. Yeah, yeah, because uh, I'm not sure that net is up to standard. Yeah, I, I got to tell you, we 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 have seen the net take out now, Dar- uh, take out Zane and OBJ. Seen it twice. Uh, the other update we have, and, and you saw this before I did, but it looks like we got a bit of an update on Sam Darnold's ankle injury. Is that correct? Yeah, according to uh, to Matt Rule, which I saw his uh, press conference either yesterday or the day before, uh, that he, it was a sprain and that he'll be out for at least four weeks. So there you go. The, t- the timeline. So so initially, it was called a strain. Now it is a sprain. But the time. The good news is, if there is any good news here, is that the timeline remains about the same. Right. The timeline remains about the same. A month to a month and a half. Sam Darnold will be out. P.J. Walker did say, and I got respect for this cat, too, he was asked in a press conference. Now, in fairness, like, it's one of those, well, what the hell else is he supposed to say questions? But P.J. Walker got asked, are you the number two? Do you deserve to be the number two? He's like, yeah, of course I do. Who else has been here? Who else has done this? Who else knows this team in a backup role? Yeah, what's he going to say? No, you know, man, I'm three. Uh, I wish they would go out and get a two because I'm comfortable with being three. I like holding the clipboard. I don't want to – I don't – I don't want to go on the field. Are you kidding? Of course he's supposed to say he's two. Yeah. He's two. 100%. There, there's, there's, there's no doubt about that. I, uh, like I, I was, it's almost one of those things, you know, Lonzo and I have been doing this for a long time. Uh, and one of my, one of the things that I can't stop myself from doing though is listening to reporters in press conferences and being like, what? Really? <laughs> you it, Seriously? You just asked that question? Like, yes, dude, of course he's going to say yes. Hey, uh, PJ, if you were if you were Matt Rule, uh, uh, would you fire yourself? I, I think I know that reporter. Yeah, I've you do. I've heard him before. Yeah, probably. There's a lot of them. Uh, so PJ steps up with a little bit of confidence, which I liked, but he's going to go in as the number two, B, uh, number two QB. You know, it was interesting. Before the preseason, we were saying, all right, we got Bake. We got Sam, we got PJ, and we got Matt. We're not carrying four QBs. What's this going to look like? And I thought PJ was going to get cut, right? I'm like, hey, he's going to get cut. They're going to wave him, hope that he clears waivers and put him back on the practice squad, which would be a good spot for him, I think. And then that corral went down with the list Frank injury. And it's like, ah, maybe not. This is interesting. But do you carry three QBs? Do you keep two? And then Sam went down. And now all of a sudden, the guy that I thought was potentially going to be waived now enters week one as the direct backup for Baker Mayfield. Look, injuries happen in football. It's unfortunate, but it is what it is. At least you've got a guy who's been there. At least you've got a guy who's done that. And I got to tell you, do you have any less faith in P.J. Walker if he's got to take over the role than you have out of the two participants in the saddest quarterback battle of all time in Seattle between uh, Geno Smith and Drew Locke? I mean, do you, do, you, do you trust Drew Locke more than you trust P.J. Walker? I can't say that I do. It is what it is, man. And, and here's the reality 
for the people panicking about PJ being the number two. Welcome to the NFL in 2022. Lonzo, how many teams? I got maybe two in my head. How many teams, if QB1 goes down, do you think don't get dramatically worse out of the gate? The only one I can think of off the top of my head is San Francisco with Jimmy Garoppolo as the number two. That's the only one. Well, you you just mentioned uh, Seattle. They're not going to get dramatically worse because they're already going to be pretty bad. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. So two, like I said, nailed it. Yeah, it's not... It's nothing to panic over. If, if you, you're start, if you are thirty NFL teams, if your starting quarterback goes down, you are dramatically worse for it right out of the gate. It is what it is. It doesn't matter if it's PJ or Sam or Matt Corral. The only thing I can tell you is that Sam Darnold might be a better quarterback than about 23, 24 backup quarterbacks in the league, right? But here's the thing. Let's go. That's awesome. You've got the, the 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 six best backup quarterback in the NFL. That's fantastic. If Baker goes down and Sam returns as your starter, we all saw what happened already. Yep. We know the results. It doesn't matter at the end of the day. All of the pressure is on Icky and Bradley and 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 Brady and the starting offensive line to do everything in their power to make sure that Baker doesn't get hurt. Because if he does, all of the dreams, all of the discussion I have seen from some big-time media folks of, hey, this Carolina team is sneaky. They could sneak into the last wildcard spot. And I agree with that. They very much could sneak into the last wildcard spot. If Baker goes down, no, you can't. It doesn't matter if it's PJ or Sam or Matt, whoever. If Baker goes down, this team is no longer a playoff team. So what I'm saying here, Zoe, is hey, don't stress about the backup. Because if they're in the game, you're you're screwed anyway. Yeah, don't stress about that. Here's the other thing, though. Uh, we're going to find out the confidence that the coaching staff really has in Sam Darnold. Because do you rush him back? Do you rush him back or you just tell him, no, take another week? Take another way. Make sure that thing is make sure that that that, that thing is sound and, and ready to go and uh we're in no hurry to bring you back. Or do they try to rush him back? Because if they rush him back, that means they don't have that kind of confidence in PJ Walker. I don't think that's gonna happen. I think PJ's been on the field too. He's proven that he can be a capable backup. Maybe not a starter, but definitely a capable backup. Without a doubt. Without a doubt about it. Uh all right, as we head towards the end of the pod. Uh, one more thing to to that that I am interested in. I don't think it leads to anything, but USA Today is reporting that leading up to the cut of Zilstra, that multiple teams had called Carolina asking about the availability of both Robbie Anderson and Terrence Marshall Jr., both of them. Now, the Marshall one is, as we've mentioned, very interesting because Matt Rule was not overly critical of Terrence Marshall about a week ago, but a little bit critical, right? I need him out there. I need him working. I need him getting better. He's praised him a couple of times since then. Robbie Anderson, on the other hand, was kind of interesting this offseason, right? You had the thing with Baker. You had some criticisms of the direction the team was headed in, etc. He was, according to some Panthers fans, how do you say respectfully, a little annoying this offseason. And he's been inconsistent the last two. Would he go from like 94 catches down to 53 
That's a big drop. That's a yeah, big bump. But, but look at who was throwing him the ball. It's Fair not enough. entirely his fault. Fair enough. I, I don't disagree with that at all. Uh, I don't think I, – I, I think that if one of those two guys is going to be shipped out – it's Marshall. It's not Robbie. And Robbie's not going anywhere. He's too valuable, at least not while Matt Rule's in charge, right? He needs all the weapons he can get to coach for his job. Terrence Marshall Jr. is an interesting one now because your wide receiver core is five deep, right? We talked about this earlier in the pod. Your wide receiver core is now five deep. Terrence Marshall Jr. could potentially, if there's a team out there that needs a wide receiver threat, could potentially bring in another weapon, could potentially add another tool into the toolkit. That being said, if you're Matt Rule and you got Baker and you're planning on a wide-open offense, as I think Carolina will in certain spots, as much as I had questions about Terrence Marshall Jr., so I'm not ready to give up on the kid yet, right? I'm not. And I think now that he's got a real quarterback and a real offensive coordinator in Ben McAdoo, not that Joe Brady wasn't, but Joe Brady, Joe Brady got fired as the sacrificial lamb for Matt Rule, right? Matt Rule had to fire somebody. I still don't agree with having fired Joe Brady, but it is what it is. Now he's got some consistency in this locker room. I'm not ready to give up on Terrence Marshall Jr. As far as I am concerned, though, the wide receiver room is done. It is solidified. These five guys are it. And McCaffrey and Hubbard is pass catching running backs. This wide receiver room's not going anywhere. Marshall and Anderson aren't going anywhere. Stop calling. Stop ringing the phone. You know, if any of them were to go, though, I know you're saying it's said it would be Marshall. Definitely would be Marshall. Um, and hopefully you get some draft capital for him. I mean, draft capital, I will tell you, I, 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 I would like to see. Although it is not, I, I don't, it is a priority to some degree. If there's a move to be made, it would be to go get somewhere another starting defensive end, right? Derek Brown went down with the the trap injury. We are waiting to see it. It was described as minor. He should be fine for week one. But behind Brian Burns and Derek Brown, you got Marquise Haynes and you got Davion Nixon. I need more, right? I need more. I need a pass rush specialist. I need somebody that can step in. I don't trust either one of those guys as a long-term option. If there was a starting caliber defensive end available, I might be willing to trade Terrence Marshall Jr. for it because I, I I think a starting caliber defensive end who can rotate with Burns and Brown is more valuable than a number five wide receiver. And I do think Shai Smith will pass uh, will pass Terrence Marshall Jr. on on the depth chart at some point. But if I can get a starting caliber defensive end for Terrence Marshall Jr., I make the move. There's not really any other offensive moves that I would make for him right now. Yeah, and you know what? If that's going to happen, it'll happen in the next day or so because people are being dropped on some teams and then picked up on others. Some of the some of the bigger names are already showing up on other teams trying out. So um, if it were to happen that way, I'd be okay with it. But chances are you're probably right. Probably Marshall's still going to stay there, and it's going to be an awesome wide receiver core and cannot wait for Cleveland. Week one, baby. It's just, what, 12 days away oh, from right now? It's less days? than that. 11 days away. Uh, I, I'm, I'm jacked, man. I'm jacked. September 11th. And I got to tell you, uh, those of you that are listening to these pods up in Charlotte, save me a spot because I got to tell you, the, 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 the closer we get, Zoe, the more I think I'm going to opening day, man. 
Why not? Why not? You got the Browns coming down. Baker wants to bleep them up. We got a good looking wide. I think I'm going to be there week one, man. Hey, Browns travels. Uh, Browns fans don't travel, so we, we should be good. I like it. We, we should absolutely be good. We should be able to go, to go to the game, have a good time, and cheer on a victory and watch Baker um, do something to the Browns. Bleep them up. Let's go. All right, Zoth, parting thoughts? Any before we hit the road? Uh, just keep pounding and Baker! Baker! I love to hear it. Appreciate you guys downloading. Remember, you can grab vin- views from Mint Street, as you already have, from wherever major podcasts are found on iTunes, on Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify. But more importantly, since, you know, you're already here, do us a favor. Spread the love, man. Tell your Panthers friends to go ahead and get subscribed to and download the View Podcast. We will be back within the next couple of days with the next episode. We're keeping an eye on waiver wires, practice squad pickups, any more trades that might happen, and we'll get together soon to break all of those down for you. Appreciate you guys listening. We'll see you for the next pod. This is the Views from Mint Street Podcast. Rob Brown, Lonzo Reitzel. We'll see you next time. And hey, y'all, keep pounding, baby.